covering all your favorite parts of the 50-yard fight. This is the Inside the Walls podcast with Zach Heilman and Jim Bernier. Welcome in, fans of the 50-yard fight. This is the Inside the Walls podcast. Zach Kylan in, as always, alongside with my good buddy, pal, co-host, extraordinaire, Sharks fan that you cannot miss is Jim Mernier joining me on the show, joining us not only on podcast, remember on YouTube, by the way. So Hello, YouTubers. So say hi. If you're listening on <laughs> podcast, you didn't see that wave. By the way, subscribe to our YouTube page. We are giving away tickets once we hit 100 subs. So uh, keep that in mind. We're up to four. We're up to just about 40 now. Try and keep on pushing that up and up. So if you like the audio version, recommend you check out the video one too. Jim, how you doing for this show? Um, we got hit a milestone for the season, to, at least as of this week. So uh, things are getting on their way. Ah, uh, training camp starts yes, this week. All six teams report this week. A lot of stuff happening around the league. Um, if you're not, if you're a football fan, you know. I know everyone loves the bigger league, the the National Football League, and everyone's like dying doing the countdown to football. Mm-hmm. But when training camp hits, it's football time. We're three weeks away to kick off of the season. Yeah, three weeks. Training camp, three weeks. We're used to seeing training camp that's six weeks long, and the National Football League is six weeks long. But in the National Arena League, it's only three. And we got six teams. A lot of players are reporting, so – getting fun it's getting active uh watch our twitter account watch our discord page uh it's links in our description to our discord page click on that for updated transactions that uh we're not gonna post on twitter because we don't want to bog down our twitter account right. um and it's also conversation pieces every six teams have a, a little their own section they talk talk trash whatever um but yeah come up there our discord page links in our description a lot of transaction stuff that we'll get to after our special guest but dude it's training camp uh, it's freaking like it's go time. Like three teams reported Monday. The Carolina Cobras reported on Wednesday. It's go time. A lot of teams are Carolina's first practice on Friday, but everyone else is their go time right now. So everyone's reporting. Uh, we'll get to the, the situations in the second hour, but still it's, it's training camps here, bro. And we're three weeks away. Before you know it, we'll be talking about the rivalry between the Jacksonville Sharks and the Columbus Lions and the showdown in San Antonio between the Predators and the Gunslingers as well. That's right. We're monitoring all that. Again, training camp underway. League socials have been a little bit more buzz in terms of teams posting. The Gunslingers have been right off out of the gate. Same goes for the Empire posting about, about of course, training camps. Jacksonville, same deal. You know, and we'll keep on seeing more and more roll out. Car- of course, Carolina, another instance, you know. The NAL, of course, highlighting when it started up too. So mm-hmm. yes, we're getting teams that are finally getting in action. A few, actually, some news out of it. Uh, Jacksonville. We'll talk about this a little later on in our interview, but uh, they got a new kicker coming in. Someone well, that, uh, a technically new kicker. He's coming in for a tryout. Well, I, I know, uh, but but still new, new, still new. Uh, vet. A, a a guy that then, we could call we, we could call him a guy like uh you know the legend himself Tom Brady down in Tampa Bay um but this guy's been out of the National Football League for quite some time this is uh the guy who is going to do a trial for the Jacksonville Sharks which is Thursday which would be today uh when the podcast was released and on YouTube um mm-hmm. it's Mike Hollis he is the first kicker 
in Jacksonville Jaguar history. Jaguar, not Sharks. <laughs> Ex-NFL veteran Mike Hollis, who owns a – he is a, a kicker coach. He has his own camp. I forgot the name of his camp. I think it's like um, – I forgot this. I did some research, but he's a local guy. And um, here in Jacksonville, it's – kickers are just they, – they're loved here. Uh, Josh Gobi loved here. Josh Lambeau loved. And right, right now for the Jacksonville Jaguars – Everyone loves kickers are just very appreciated in Jacksonville for some odd reason. Um, but Mike Hollis is a legend for Jacksonville Jaguars, not in the NFL. Um, six, seven years in the league, and he decided to apparently talk to the ownership of the Jacksonville Sharks to give it a try and get in a NFL vet that he is. Just tells me that the guy still has a leg, even at the age of 49, about to be 50 years old. Dang. So, I think he'll be like the oldest player to play in arena ball. I think Garcia was the oldest one, like at 43, I think. But that may be something if he does sign and play, play a kick. If he kicks a ball in the Columbus Civic Center on the 23rd, I think he'll be the oldest player to ever play. I think there's a website. I think arena fan may have the actual age of a player. Mm-hmm. But I think Garcia was up there, too, when he uh, – you know, put everything up, but still, if he can kick and hit deuces, why the hell not? Come on, the guy's already made money, and if the boy can still kick, come on, let's do it, let's go. Right? No, I, I, I get you. I'm, I'm all up for it as long as he helps it, as long as he helps out the sharks. And obviously, the deuce is a massive part of the National Arena League. You know, it is. Uh, it is. I mean, it's not. It's not like some other places where it's limited. You can do it. You can kick at any time. And it's an offensive tool, you know, on special teams. You know, we don't have rebound nets in the in the National Arena League, but we do have the deuce to go for it all. Even if you kick it out of bounds, you have a chance to get yourself two points for a kick. So yeah. any teams that have ace kickers are ha- are adding a versatile weapon. I and mean, we saw with Albany or Albany, Jesus, I said it. So I can already hear the cries from the capital region. What did you say? No, Albany, quite frankly. <laughs> we saw Craig Peterson last year, who now is with Columbus, mind you. You know, that very much versatility. T.C. Stevens, Dylan Barnos, as we saw with Orlando, comes in midseason and helps shore up that, get that unit and mm-hmm. is a stellar kicker for them. Local guy from, you know, coming from out of UCF, shores things up. Yeah, in the National Arena League, kickers are weapons. It's not like in other leagues, even in the National Football League, kickers are just like, oh, you better make that 15-yard extra point. If not, you're done. Um, in the National Arena League, a kicker can be receiving touchdown, rushing touchdown, six points. A kicker can be responsible for five points in the same possession. So kickers are weapons in the National Arena League. They're not just, oh, he's a kicker. Um, so, yeah, for Jacksonville getting the – if he does sign with the Jacksonville Sharks, it's not confirmed yet. Maybe it's confirmed after this uh, show. But if he does play, the Jacksonville Sharks have a legit NFL vet who played in the big leagues for seven years and had a very good, successful career with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah. And now he's with the Sharks. So he's literally Jacksonville through and through. One thing I do want to add, just because I bet some people are wondering, well, how old is Matt, has, uh, Adam Vinatieri right now? You know, because I mean, talk about the gold standard of kickers in any football league that seem to just last forever. Um, yeah. 
So he retired in 2019. Uh, he was 47 at the time. So that, just, just put that in perspective a little bit. Um, Hollis is about what the age of Vinatieri is now. He, he's 40. Vinatieri is 49 right now. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, up. it's like Vinatieri can still kick. There's videos of him on Twitter and Instagram. He still kicks. Like, even though he's not playing more, Vinatieri's still legit. And it's just, it just, for me, as a fan of the game, it just tells you that, yeah, there's people, there are people out there you see on Twitter right now that go, well, he's just taking up a spot for a younger guy to go into the league uh, to kick. Well, when you try to search for players and they don't want to play in your league to kick, you have to find other options. Um, I've always said this, if he can kick, if he can make deuces, if he's still the Mike Hollis from 2010, hell, sign him up. Um, but, you know, it's it's the National Arena League. We've seen players from even from the AFL days that go way past their prime. And in arena football, you can extend your career some. And People are looking at Mike Hollis and go, well, he hasn't really done anything lately. Oh, he, oh, he has a camp. He trains and helps high school kids to become better kickers and get scholarships into college or have college kickers come back, get trained, get ready for the next season. Or how about this? He helps train NFL and arena kickers. So the guy is active and he still kicks. Go look on his Twitter account. I forgot where his Twitter name is. Um, he's very active on Twitter, by the way. And you see him kick. The guy still has a leg at his age. Just like when people say, well, Tiger Woods is too old to play golf. Well, ladies and gentlemen, it's Thursday, and Tiger Woods most likely is playing the Masters. So never say never, especially in this day and age of you know, health and fitness and the technology that we have to make our athletes play a lot longer than they possibly can. But still. If anything, it'll make a fun, it'll fun, a fun storyline locally. You know? they'll, sell tel- um, they'll sell tickets. I'm just right. saying it well, will. It, I mean, that will help. Um, yeah. It, it, at least it'll help uh, if you're curious, you know, very mm-hmm. much. I, I look for it as just a fascinating story for the league, I guess. Um, and again, I mean, if it, it pans out and if he's doing it regularly, that's great. You know, obviously uh, Brandon bear is not with the team that we're, that we can tell right now. So no. kind of need to fill that position yeah. and you need someone that's reliable like bear was. So as long yeah. as he can hit and the thing is like, keep in mind, I mean, they got to show accuracy plus the fact that the pipes are, you know, they're thinner in arena, Yeah, you know, everything's shrunken indoor, including, including of course the goalposts. So mm-hmm. we'll find out. I mean, I, I don't know if any, if he does get signed on, that'll be, that'll be quite the story to just for the league to use on its, on its website. I think, yeah. um, just be like, Hey, look who we got, we got here. You know, yeah. I, I, I think it'd be fun. Um, Otherwise, but that's, I mean, yeah, that's not it's not a it's not the only unique story coming out of Jacksonville this week for training camp. Correct. And we had an AFL, NAL, GFL vet Warren Smith Jr., the quarterback for the Jacksonville Sharks. He has some stuff to tell you guys that kind of surprised us, but I didn't. If you've been watching the transaction wire over the last three or four months, you understand why Jacksonville is setting up their roster as they are. And it's pretty unique. And I really appreciate Warren coming on. Uh, we tried to get him last season on the show, but because of the short season and the situation that was the 2021 NAL year, 
It didn't happen, but we right. finally got him on. But yeah, it was a unique situation. So if you want to talk about some interesting storylines coming out of Jacksonville, why not listen to the man himself who came to Jacksonville and talk to us today here on Inside the Walls? Joining me and Jim today on the Inside the Walls podcast for our usual player interview, we are very pleased to be joined by a starting quarterback for the Jacksonville Sharks. He's also been very much all over the arena space in his time over the last several years between the AFL, the NAL. He's won an NAL MVP, by the way. Got to keep that in mind. Warren Smith joining us for the show. Warren, glad to have you on, man. I've uh, been looking forward to this conversation. Jim, definitely, uh, being the Sharks fan he is, has been looking forward to this talk. How, how you doing, man? Uh, camps are getting started. You know, Season's around the corner. What, what's going on? Not much, man. Doing well. Can't complain. And uh, just got into Jacksonville a couple of days ago. Um, we're now into, we were into day two of camp today, getting into day three tomorrow, got all the physicals, got all that logistics stuff done with. And, uh, you know, now just get into the football part of it, trying to form an identity of this football team and, uh, you know, taking it day by day, step by step and, you know, trying to put it, put the best product out there for the shark fans and, uh, hopefully make a run at this NAL title. You know, I, right off the gate, I kind of, just cause you've, you know, you've been bound, you bounced around in the arena league scene for a minute, had some, you've definitely had some successes, whether it's been in Spokane, you know, I enjoyed your time when you played for all for the Atlantic city blackjacks, banging up, backing up Randy Hippard back, th- back there. Um, you know, you had a little bit of gap 2017, you won in Lehigh Valley. You had an NAL MVP season, you know, one of the top teams in the league, nine and one record and everything. Um, stellar year and now you're you know back last year you know first year kind of back circling back around again um how's the league changed for you in that short period of time from say that early chaotic period and now we're kind of settled down with a little with more it seems established franchises now yeah i mean i i, I always try to stay home uh close to home guys you know i mean I'm, I'm from new jersey it makes my life a lot easier with my teaching job back at back in uh at lacy high school um okay. but you know, I mean, I played in Lehigh. It was close. It was only two hours away back in 2017, and uh, we had a lot of success. But, um, you know, uh, basically me coming here kind of just like I, I, I had to take a, a leave from school. And basically they were really, really – they were, they were my administration was really good with that. So I'm here for the first month. Before I get anything started, I'm going to let you know. I'm only here for the first month. Then I got to go back. Okay. I got to go back and finish school. That was the deal. So I made a deal with my coach that come here for camp, build a, build an identity, learn the offense, um, help out the young quarterbacks, and then I'll be here for the you know first two, one or two games, and then I got to head back and finish school. And then when school's out, first week of June, I come back. And um, now they could fly me in on game day. That's up to coach if that's what he wants to do. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, I understand the situation. I understand he's the head coach. He's got to make those decisions. So I'm just trying to right now, you know, uh, you know, do the, do my best in the next three weeks. So to show him my value and hopefully, you know, he can fly me in on games, but if not, I totally understand it. In the summertime, I'll be here for the final stretch. Um, but yeah, my, my, the journey has been crazy. Like you've been saying, the NAL has totally changed um, since the last time I was in it. Last time I was in it, 2017, the AFL was still around. So I'm not saying that the competition wasn't great, but the best, the best arena football players weren't even in that league at the time right. um, because they were at the level. So now the NAL has now almost become the new arena football league. 
considering the AFL is gone. And so a lot of these East Coast, you know, down South guys that the top arena football players from 2019 and 18, they still want to play. This is the only league you can play in that has the same exact rules. So now there's some players that go to the IFL and that's on, that's more on the West coast, Midwest, but it's totally different rules, totally different, like um, motion stuff. You get two motions, mm-hmm. not one. It's more of an outdoor running philosophy type of game, which I have never played that style. And I, and I hear a lot of good things about it, but like as an arena guy, my whole life, I kind of want to stick to the rules that I know so I can help these younger guys out. So, I mean, I feel like the league has gotten better. I feel like the competition has gotten better um, just because this is the new AFL. You know, this is it if you want to play arena-style rules. So uh, the league the league is good. I mean, I, I was in it last year with the Jersey team. There were some really good players, you know, from all over the, all over the country that were playing. Um, so I just want, you know, I'm coming towards the end of uh, – my career, I mean, I don't know if this is going to be my last one or not. I mean, you know, you never know because I kind of want to be a head coach one day. So if I'm a head right, coach right. in high school level, you kind of got to give this up. But I'm still an assistant coach. So, um, hey, it's a, it's a great summer job to have. It's fun. I'm very passionate about it. And uh, I wanted to come to Jacksonville because it's such an established program. It's um, it's so rec- – it's, so, um, it's recognized as one of the best – programs organizations in the country when it comes down to professional sports in the arena league and the arena football realm so you know i've been all over the place like you said but i've played jacksonville probably five six seven eight times and i've always been curious of what it was around here and uh you know the situation popped up where coach burley reached out to me and i was like you know i'm gonna take a chance on these guys because i trust them trust coach organizations well respected throughout the country and, uh, you know, I want to be part of a good organization. And uh, I feel like that has, to lot, has a lot to do with your success. You can have a great team, but if you don't have those parts in place, it's very hard to win in this league. And uh, these guys take care of all that stuff, and that's why I'm excited to be here. Absolutely. And, I mean, Jim will say this for praises. I mean, Jacksonville has been a cornerstone of the NAL for reasons. I mean, they were one of the founding members to get this thing started, of course. But, I mean, they've been a – quality organization and arena for some time. So, you know, it may that I completely understand that point. I, I want to touch back on this because that a bit of a revelation here in terms of your position now with the sharks, at least um, in terms of this first few seasons. So you are going to be essentially getting the playbook down, tutoring up Malik Henry to help get him up to speed. And you'll, yeah. you're kind of like essentially the mentor, like you're the master and the apprentice type of situation in a way. Is that what I'm understanding? Well, that's kind of, that's kind of how it's going to be. And, um, like, you know, how any game can shape, can can shake up, uh, you know, anyone can go out there and play, but yeah, my biggest thing here, I think I from coach, I'm trying to put myself in coach Burley's shoes. I think we have a lot of young, very, very talented football players on this team. And they, we we don't have too many veterans. I feel like he wanted, he kind of wanted to bring me in for that veteran leadership type thing. And, you know, to, to, uh, to help develop Malik because Malik's a very good athlete and a very good quarterback. And I'm excited about his, I'm excited about him. And uh, if I can, if I can help any of these guys out, you know, make this team a little bit better, you know, I'm, that's, that's my job. And then guess what? You know, I get to go out there and throw the ball around score some touchdowns. Like that's what, that, that, that's what, that, that's what I'm going to do. So if the coach wants to, you know, roll me out there and play, you know, I'm ready, whatever coach, you know, if, 
I mean, obviously we got to get Malik ready to roll because, you know, I don't know what's the, what the season looks like. It's going to happen. It's kind of up, up in the air yet still. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to help him out get him ready. Cause he's a good kid. He's smart. He learned, you know, he, he, he's eager to learn. And as an arena football player, arena quarterback, especially a young one, you got to have, you got to be willing to, you know, learn because it's not what you've been doing. You know what I mean? Outdoor football is totally different. You got to, um, you know, have an open mind because it's, it's everything that you've learned as a quarterback, like your fundamentals and your reads are kind of out the window in arena because it's such a different style of football, you know, and uh, he's got all those tools. He's very, very gifted. So, I mean, I'm trying to help him out and get him ready and uh, obviously get myself ready. You know, at 32 years old, I got to get myself ready too, you know? So, uh, it, it, it's a good it, – put, put it this way. It's a good situation to be in. And uh, like I said, I'm, I'm here. I'm a team first kind of guy, and my goal is to win and win a championship. So whatever it takes for the team, you know, I'm, I'm all in. Um, hey, Jim, I, I would say you got a pretty good – you got a pretty good uh, coach QB hybrid going on right here with Warren. That, that, that's what it sounded like. It's, it's awesome, <laughs> man. Well, yeah. it seems like it's the Sharks' way. We Tommy Grady. And Aaron Garcia in the past one AFL day. So we're used to veteran quarterbacks coming here, establishing the culture and passing on to the younger players. If And Warren Smith just said that that's basically what he's doing. Um, hey, it's my question is to you, man, is uh, you got a receiving core that's not getting a lot of praise in the National Arena League, but they have great experience, except for Devin Wilson, uh, Rob, uh, Rob Jones and Naquan Murray, who came out of Florida State, who I think played for Malik Henry at the time. At FSU, how is it going to, in your mind, work with those receivers, especially in your first year here in Jacksonville? Yeah, no, I mean, like I said, like you, like you just, you just hit on the head. You know, we have we have the the, the veteran guys like Devin and Cam, and then a couple like uh, McGee. You know, then you got some young guys, like you said, like the Rob Jones. We got Nyquan's my roommate. I mean, he's he's trying to learn yeah. the game. He's very talented, very special receiver, played at a really high level. So, like, we have we have explosive weapons all over the place. And really, for the young guy, it's just for just getting these young guys to understand the game. You know, you only got three weeks, two weeks to form an identity and teach these guys the arena way. And uh, that's our goal. And these young guys are super talented. That's why they're here. And uh, it's our job to get them and put them in the right spots to succeed. So it's it's honestly when you I'm throwing I'm throwing routes on air today. I'm watching these guys run around. You know, they got guys like uh, Kelly Floyd, all these guys. They're they're very, very talented. And, uh, you know, it's a oh, time will tell, you know, we got to stay healthy. You got to get these guys right. Take care of their bodies. And, uh, you know, I, I can't say enough about these, this receiving core. It's exciting because we have a good mix of veteran and young. And that's, well, that's always what you want. You want that, you know, you always mm-hmm. want that balance because, you know, you don't know how long, you don't know how durable the older guys are going to be. And you got to get the younger guys ready to go and they got to make a name for themselves because they're not here forever. They want to get some film they want to, Get, go out and go back to the NFL, wherever they've been, where, you know. So, um, you know, they're, they're hungry to learn and get on the field and get some film. And to, to get on the field, you got to play well in practice. you got to understand the yep. playbook. you got to learn the arena way. And once you do that, you get on the field, make some plays, get some film, guess what, man? You get go back go back to the NFL. That's what we're all rooting for. And, uh, I mean, this is my NFL. So this is the highest level I ever played at. So I look at it just like this is my NFL, you know, whether making millions or making thousands, don't matter. Well, I think tomorrow, or when this podcast drops on Thursday, you won't be the oldest person at the camp. Uh, rumors broke today that Mike Hollis, ex, uh, ex-Jacksonville Jaguar kicker, is trying out for the team. 
what do you think about that, honestly, with a vet that him who played six, seven years with the Jacksonville Jaguars back when I was in freaking middle school or uh, elementary? It's been a while, but what do you think about an old-timer like Mike Hollis trying to go back into the league and try to see if he still has it? Well, well I mean, just from a organization standpoint, I look at it as it's going to sell tickets, right? Mm-hmm. He's obviously a veteran in the Jacksonville area. Mm-hmm. And the guys obviously can kick it. You know, they used to kick off in the 30-yard line, and he used to put it in the end zone. So if he can do that, or even a little bit less, guess what? You have the chance to kick a deuce, or you don't – you know what I mean? Your goal is, as a kicker, you want to kick it out – kick it – at least be able to reach full field. Right. And obviously, he has the leg for that. So, uh, to me, I think it's a home run. You know what I mean? If the guy wants to come out, he's probably going to practice, what, once a week and kick the ball for us. He's a kicker. Make, make, <laughs> that's it. That's it. You know, it's like a glorified bartending job for him at that point. Um, but, uh, no, it's honestly, it's it's really cool to have, like I, I found this out about four hours ago, so it's kind of brand new news to me. I'm excited to meet him. I, I imagine he plays some golf. I want to hang out with him, talk to him, play some golf with him, and you know, catch up with him and see what he's all about. But it's definitely a good thing for the Sharks and uh, for our team in general, and 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 for the Jacksonville area as well. You know, it's, it's a good thing. You know, you, you talked about talked about kind of that learning or getting these guys up to speed. It's funny, the new element this year, you're talking the arena way. We're even more into the arena way this year with, you know, Iron Man. I know that doesn't really affect your position as much, per se. I mean, quarterbacks generally are the specialist positions on offense, of course. But, I mean, you do have to get that up to speed. How's, uh, I mean, how's your... How's your research or thought, thoughts been on Iron Man so far? Again, your spot doesn't get affected as much, but, I mean... It does affect the rest of the roster you are playing with, though. Right. So, so the thing is, Iron Man is a, it's a, it's a, it's a funny term when we talk about Iron Man. Um, we're still dressing 21 people, I believe. Mm-hmm. Still dressing. So, to me, Iron Man is really 19. Um, because back in the day, they used to only dress 19. Like, before it all started. Okay. And that was true Iron Man. So, this is an Iron Man type, you know, because this is basically an old school AFL. Like when I started in the AFL in 2004, 14 and 15 and 13 with Tampa and Spokane, those guys, it was always 21. So um, to me, it's more like it's, it's not going to be as much switch over as you think because you can still dress for each position, you know what I mean, and, and get away with it. And uh, you'll have some people that go back and forth, no doubt. Um, but it, it's, it's good because especially the way we're practicing right now, like we're, like, I like the way Coach Burley's got it set up. Like all receivers and all DBs practice both sides of the ball. Ah, uh, you know? yes. Like just and like, and like if they're primarily offense, you know what I mean? We'll, like, we do most offense, but then we'll give them a, a small period of practice where they work on the basic defensive back skills. And when the linemen get here, we'll do the same exact thing with them. Um, and I think it's important because I've been in games where, like, you get you get caught where you're down a receiver or you dress an extra DB and you only dress one receiver. Or I'm sorry, you dress three receivers and one of those guys go down, someone's got to be ready to go. So, it's, I mean, I love it. I mean, that, to me, it's how the game's played and that's how, it's, that's how I was taught. You know, I mean, I, I've, been, I've been a jack linebacker before. I had to go over there as a backup quarterback. I had to practice some Jack linebacker before. So, really? Uh, yeah, back when I was in Spokane, when, when we had Arvell Nelson, me and him, he was starting. 
I was playing Jack on scout team, you know, helping them out and stuff like that. So all kinds of, yeah. So I think it's great. It's great for the league. Um, but I don't think it's going to be as much flip over the side of the ball as much as you think, you know, that's if everyone stays healthy. I mean, but again, sure. back in the day, back in the day, it used to be 19 guys. So if you think about it, you got eight, eight, eight guys on offense, eight guys in defense, that's 16. You got a backup quarterback, that's 17. You got a kicker, that's 18. Then you have one swing guy. That those days, the 19, the 19 dress, they were really doing it. They were really doing it. So 21, 21, I think you you won't see as much as you're anticipating because of the name Iron Man. But we'll see. I mean, who, who knows? Who knows? But um, I'm excited about it. You know, it's cool seeing the DBs come over in the huddle and try to run some routes. And it's good to see the receivers play some defensive back. And uh, once the linemen get here, you know, we'll do this, you know we'll do the same thing with the, with the bigs too. So it's cool, and I think it gives it gives the other uh, it gives the player a different perspective. It might actually help them. It might actually help them with their primary positions. You know what I mean? Yeah. Understanding, getting taught how to take certain things away on defense or on, or how to take advantage of certain things on offense if you're a defensive back. You know, I think it's gonna it helps you out. It makes you more of a student of the game, in my opinion. That's a great way of taking. I I don't I don't think many of us usually think of it that way. I think we always focus on like, well, my weaknesses because I'm not I'm a defensive guy. So my weakness be like would be say catching the ball, or running, or receiving, and routes, or having to run the motions or things like that. But I do find that as a way like you are in that position. Like that's awesome. You are in that position. You're able to take those skills and go. Okay, what's the, what's the guy across from me then going to maybe do? You know, am I able to on the fly? adjust to that. Do I now know tendencies a bit better? You know, takes a, like, yeah, exactly what you're saying. Student of the game. I I love that quote. That's why I'm re-referencing that. Great choice of words. Good choice of words, Warren. Yeah. I mean, hey, I mean, it's, it's, that's what it is. You know, it's what it is. It's like, and it gives you like, it just gives you a different perspective and helps you out on the other side of the ball. You know, that's, and guess what? You know, like sometimes you'll, you'll, we'll find a good DB that might be a better wideout than we thought, or vice versa. We might, we might, we might find a DB that was a wideout at first, and then it might, it might launch them into a different career from here. Or, you know, I mean, you don't know, you don't know how it works, but yeah, I, I think it's awesome. Uh, I love it to be honest. Nice. I, I'm, yeah, Jim. I was, uh, I was going to like switch it up to uh, your playing career in Lehigh. And in Jersey, you've been all around Spokane, Tampa Bay. As a visiting quarterback, most hostile environment you played in in arena football? Um, most hostile environment I ever played in arena football. Um, there's been, I mean, I, I got to say, it's got to be, it's like it, Jacksonville's up there. You know, Jacksonville's up there. I've been, I mean, I've played against uh, Philadelphia Soul in some playoff games. They had some good crowds. Uh, I played in San Jose with Spokane. I mean, Spokane's been a great place to play. I never played against Spokane, but I was always, I mean, I felt bad for quarterbacks that had to come to us, you know? Right. Um, you know, but I would say, yeah, I would say Jacksonville's right up there, man, right up there. Like, I think it also depended on the game, too, like what the, what the you know, what was at stake. But, I mean, I played a playoff game in Philadelphia, and that was electric. I played in the playoff game against um, Baltimore and in the arena bowl with DC against Baltimore. That was electric. Um, I've been in all, I've been at Albany two or three times. That was electric, you know, like, 
And then, I mean, I can just remember being in Jacksonville. I played them. I want to say I played, I've been to Jacksonville four or five times. And never easy to play. Can never hear yourself on third down or fourth <laughs> down. So, you know, you got to go silent snap count, get it all, you got to practice that all week. But um, definitely the top three favorite place to play, Jacksonville, for sure. If I had to break it down like that for you. Well, now they're on your side. I know that for sure. So I'll be there cheer for you this time around. Yeah. You better do good because there's no, they're not going to be, they're not going to give you any, they're not going to, they're not going to give you a second chance around here. So you got to, you got to perform too. So. Yeah. I've said that multiple times on this show that Jacksonville's last year, how the team performed last year and the people I've talked to within the organization, they're like, they're not losing in this year. That's why they went full in this year. It's like, we ain't doing, we're not having back to back. And that's not the Jacksonville Sharks mentality. I think we've had two losing seasons as an old franchise. And then we've been around since 2010. That tells you that the, it's not like the team across the street. Um, they don't want, they don't like losing here, in the, especially in the advice our veterans more arena. So 100%, 100%. And that's, again, that has a lot to do why I decided to come here, you know, and just, you know, I just wanted, I, I wanted to play in a right, in, 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 a, in a, for a team that does it right, you know, from top to bottom, from the interns that, are taking care of the laundry to the to the head coach to the ownership, like they do it all. They and that and it speaks it speaks volumes. That's why they've only had one or two losing seasons because they take care of those things and then they let the players play and then they you know they have the good they have coaches that know how to put their athletes in the right place right time and that's a game of football man that that's what it is you know and then but like making sure you're organized in practice make sure you're, you're you know like everything's taken care of making your players feel good. That, that, that has such a big role in arena football. That I don't think a lot of people, a lot of, a lot of new owners don't understand because they, they get their feet wet in this league and they try to, and they try to start a team and yeah, they might have a stadium. They might have some turf. They might have, you know, a cool little practice facility, but they're not taking care of the players and not, you know, not doing the right sponsorships, not, not, not taking care of those, those things. Like it don't work. And then and they usually don't last. And uh, I've seen team. I've seen many teams come and go, and uh, there's a reason why Jacksonville's still standing. You know, <laughs> completely understandable. And yeah, I mean, I I feel that we've talked off off air on this subject where it's like it's one thing to you know highlight and tote that you got a team, but it's another to you know execute the things properly to make it a quality franchise is what at the end of the day matters. You know. They lasting beyond one season and having something that a community can enjoy is very much more important at the end of the day, especially for arena football of any sports history. If you haven't learned enough about that, that is very much prevalent is all I can say. (laughs) That is the only thing I have to tell you, go and take a look. (laughs) Uh, Warren, I, I have my own curiosity out of your career that, if we were coming in the show and I of course teased it and I, I, I enjoy, I enjoy all levels of this, of the sport, whether it's arena, where it's outdoor, whether it's, you know, specific outdoor variations or league locations. And many people don't realize there's football across the seas. You got the, you got the chance to play in the German football league uh, early on in your career, which to those in the diehard football community, it's one of the top leagues anywhere outside of North America. Um, tell us about your time with that. I mean, wh- who'd you play for? I mean, especially for arena audiences, what's it like playing in Europe? Yeah, so honestly, it was the best decision I've ever made in my life. Right when I graduated, okay. 
Um, I had a pro day. I was trying to go to the NFL, CFL, and, you know, things don't work out when you're a six-foot quarterback with an average arm. So uh, I had it. So I had a uh, coach that was um, on staff at the University of Maine that went overseas and played. And he always talked about it and was very, very adamant about how much of a great experience it was. You know, you weren't going over there making millions of dollars. You were going over there for experience. So I, you know, of course, I picked his brain about it and he gave me the contact information. I made myself like a Euro players account. I don't know if you know about that. There's like a europlayers.com. You can make make a little account, full profile, highlight films. And I just sent all my film out to all these teams. And uh, this one team from from Dresden, the Dresden Monarchs, uh, reached out to me. And I I still had like two more weeks of school. They wanted me to come out the next day. Dang play out play outdoor football and i was like i'm 100 in you know i talked to my parents about it but i was like but i gotta graduate i gotta wait two more weeks so we waited two weeks they you know they they they, they played two more games and um they flew me out there you know they, they pick you up at the airport they treat you like a rock star and uh they put you in a little apartment with the other americans so in the gfl you can only have two americans on the field at one time at least that was the rule when i was there Sure. I'm not sure if they changed, but two Americans on the field at one time. So we had we had we had five Americans. We had uh, myself, Larry Croom was a tailback for UNLV. He was on his way out, like age thirty plus. We had so he played with our tailback. We had Lamar Miles, who played for Louisville, played for the Jaguars for a little bit, middle linebacker. And we had a um, and we had and he was on his way out as well. And we okay. had a DB receiver who like flipped sides and play. And he was, his name was Chris Evering. He was from Arkansas, very good athlete. Um, and then, you know, and then, and then we had, we had another receiver that came in halfway through the year named Jamal, uh, Jamal Smith. But um, it was really interesting the way like going out there because these are all Germans you're playing with. It's sure. like teaching people, it's like teaching football players that weren't that good at soccer that had to change sports, how to play football, you know, like everyone wants to be a soccer player in Germany. Everyone wants to, you know, they, they don't want to be a football. They don't even know what American football really is. And that was the whole mindset of the GFL. They wanted to bring Americans over to adapt the sport of football to the, the country. And um, so, so basically they bring us over and we all live together as Americans. We got practice three times a week. Like uh, either it was Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, or Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday. I forget what it was. But part of our contract, every Tuesday and Thursday morning, we had to go coach the youth team. Like the right. youth German. So they have youth teams. So that was kind of our, that was kind of the gig, you know, like that was like your job. And uh, these kids don't speak English. So you got to try to really demonstrate things and try to talk as slow as you possibly can for these people to pick it up. And uh, so that, it was unbelievable. I had a great experience. My roommates I just named were awesome. They took care of me. They, I was the young buck. I was the 22-year-old at the time. They were the 28, 29, 30-year-old at the time. And uh, they basically, like, cultured me a little bit. And uh, we had so much fun. Like, they, they, we, we, we were competitive. Our coach, Gary, was awesome. We had some really good Germans, too, because, you know, like I said, you only have so many Americans on the field at one time. So usually it's the quarterback and the running back. But then you get into like a third down situation or a fourth and long situation. You take the running back out and you put the receiver in, but then everyone knows what you're doing. So you got to like strategize <laughs> like that, you know? So 
we actually had a really good German tailback. We had a, we had a couple of German wide receivers where we didn't really have to do too much. Like we weren't that predictable, and uh, we had a great experience. We did really well. We went like ten and we won. We, we lost like one or two games, and we lost in the semifinals to a really good team in Kiel. Uh, but oh, what an experience! Like I, I recommend any guy that doesn't make it to the NFL or CFL right away that wants to keep playing as an early on, I'd go out there. I would definitely go out there and experience it. Uh, one of my teammates from Atlantic city, Rashad stills, he, he went and did it. I told him about it and he's seen, he hasn't came back yet. And, uh, oh, okay. so, yeah. So yeah, he loves it out there. He, he's basically moving out there, but it was a great experience. Nice. I mean, you play outdoor football, college rules, you know, uh, my coach reached out to me the week before I went out there. He was like, give me your top five pass concepts and top three run plays that you like, that you ran, and we'll, we'll implement it, and then we'll show you our offense as well. So it was a very smooth transition, and I'll tell you what, I still I still communicate with a lot of those guys out there, man. They're like, my, I, I want to go out there for a game uh, when I get a chance, you know, when I'm when I'm done playing arena football one day. Maybe I'll head back out there because they take care of you, man. You're you're a rock star. You know, they give you a car, they give you a bike, they give you an apartment, they give you food, they like. You know, they put you on billboards, they, you know, Dang. all kinds of good stuff. Yeah, it was really cool. I mean, at least the team I was at, they did it right. Uh, like I said, the Dresden Monarchs, shout out to those guys, man. I had a blast. I mean, just imagine a 22-year-old single dude going out to Europe. Like, I trust me, I had more fun than I thought I would. I'm waiting for our uh, YouTube version to get flooded with comments from Germany now. <laughs> now, like, Laura, oh, yeah. <laughs> No, that's great. Look, I, we, me and Jim actually uh, have a buddy. Mine played actually no joke. I'll, I'll share this, share the story on here. Um, he, he, him and I, I was the center. He was the quarterback. He's currently playing in the Australia, in the Austrian football league right now. And that, and that um, league is and that league just as good. I heard. I heard yeah. That league's really established out there. Absolutely. I I've heard it's, it's basically on par, if not maybe slightly below GFL. Like that, that's, but that still is like a good praise from anyone yeah. that you can get. Yeah. When I was playing, they, that's that they would, they would, they have the Euro Bowl where like the best right. team in the GFL, they play each other. And uh, it's always even match. It's always good. Yeah. Australia's always been great. I wanted to go out there, but I, I, I took the arena, arena bowl route. I mean, the arena football route. Sorry. And, uh, you know, it, it is what it is. Like, I, I, I'm happy with the decision I made. So. Yeah, but I mean, to, to at least us, it seems like you made the most of it. You know, you've had plenty of great games in arena. You know, you've gotten your gotten your times on some great rosters, some teams that, you know, have, you know, you've been around the ring. You'd be able to travel around the country, you know, too. So, yeah. you know, I get that, you know. Uh, but, yeah, hey, and you, you, yeah. can say you, you can say you played in Germany. <laughs> right. Right. Not many can do that either. That's right. That's great. Jim, anything, anything other questions you got? I was going to ask him, uh, playing in Germany and the advancement now ELF, that's the bigger league now over there. Um, you got to know anybody that's over there right now, or is it just, you're just a fan from over here because you have experience with the GLF? Yeah. I, I mean, I know that I, I still keep in contact with a few Dresden uh, players that were really young when I was like, there my age. Now they're my age over there and they're like the older guys. Like I said, I had one guy from uh, Atlantic city go over to, uh, I think he went over, to, I think he went over to Croatia and played. So, I mean, yes. I don't know anybody in that league. Yeah. So but there's a couple of leagues out there too. So, I mean, my, my, my buddies, I mean, 
I still keep in contact with the Dresden guys. I'm always following their pages and liking their stuff. I don't know. I mean, I don't really follow it too much besides the, the, the Monarchs. I mean, I follow those guys. A lot of those fans still communicate with me. So I'm, I'm definitely going out there, uh, hopefully soon, to stay out with one of those guys and just hang out and catch up maybe for a couple of weeks in the summertime when school's out for me, you know, when I'm done playing, obviously. Right, right. Again, I find this this conversation has definitely changed a bit differently now that we understand your situation better coming in. But I mean, it still is fascinating. Like I said, just getting that, like, uh, you know, at least the way you're talking about possible last hurrah type of moment, you know, go out with a good, go out on top here. Um, before, before we go here, I wanted to kind of spin by this and something that Jim brought up because again, the jet, the sharks have such a pedigree of success in trying to hold up, you know, being a winning team, getting these winning seasons. Um, obviously last year credit, Yes, it was a pandemic shortened season, you know, based on the schedule and the delays, you know, two and six roster just missed the playoffs. You're coming in and, you know, you're now with the understanding what you're doing, you're not only going to be at least playing for part of this and kind of coaching up, but like you're on a roster that I think at least to those locally and those diehards in Jacksonville, that's a little more bit more pressure in a league that right now is quite jam packed with talent at the very, at this very moment. Um, I mean, obviously you have a little bit different path with how you're going to hit with how you handle that pressure. But I mean, I'm assuming that is something you are relaying like, Hey, you know, odds are a little bit more or sorry, the uh, stakes are a little higher this season for you guys. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I think any, any competitor that goes into any season, you know, I don't really, I honestly, between you and I, I don't really look at it as like, Oh, they had a not, not so good year last year. I just know, I just know they're the Jacksonville sharks. You know, I think they're just well-respected, well-known and, you know, you got to bring your A game. And if you don't bring your A game, you're, you'll hear from the fans and you probably won't be here for, for too long. So, uh, you know, again, I'm just trying to get these young boys ready to roll, um, get myself ready to roll because, you know, I don't know exactly what my role will be when it comes to game day, but uh, I'm excited and uh, I'm ready. I'm ready to throw some touchdowns and win some games and, you know, hang out in the shark tank. <laughs> right. <laughs> to chat it up with Jim at some point. It'll come down to the floor. Absolutely. Anytime, man. Anytime, Jim. You, you reach out to me. I'm, section 108. I'm that's where I'm at. <laughs> that's my section. Right. Hey, I've been telling him. I've been telling him too. I'm gonna I, I gotta get to a game and he he's slowly chipping away, going, make a trip to Jacksonville, make a trip to Jacksonville. Like I will. I'm in Indianapolis. Right. I gotta I have like any variety of picks I have to make. I'm still like at minimum five plus hours away from any destination, but I still love this league that much. So well, <laughs> we'll find a way out there or they just yeah, put a team in Indianapolis. Way, well, I mean, in the summertime, in the summertime, I'll be here full time. You know, once school's out, I'll be, I'll bring, I'm bringing everything down. So I'll be here. Nice. So, you know, I mean, and guess what, I mean, oh, you got you gotta, it's all about how you finish. So I'll keep myself in shape. Obviously, I'll, I'll probably be dressing for games if they're going to fly me in or not. I'm not sure. Again, a lot of unknowns. I think it's more about, you know, how I perform in camp and show them that I'm valuable enough for that role. And uh, like I said, whatever whatever happens, happens. I'm ready, and I'm ready to take it in stride and play some football and help, help the Sharks win some games. Well, Warren, thank you very much for your time on this show. Just sharing, you know, some stories, talking about the season, you know, giving us a little new information for us to consider now with, you know, talking about Jacksonville and all, all that, um, you know, wherever, wherever this lies for you this season or even past this appreciate it. We'll be in touch for sure. Um, really, should be a fun thank year, no matter you. what.
Absolutely, man. I, guys, I really appreciate having me on. Had a good time and uh, wish you guys the best of luck with the show. You know, this is good stuff. Players, players, players enjoy this stuff. We appreciate this stuff. You know, it makes us feel like we're, you know, we're doing something right. You know what I mean? So it's good. <laughs> Thank you very much. That's very kind of you. <laughs> so thanks again to Warren Smith, Jacksonville Sharks quarterback, and also sounding like a bit of a coach himself from this discussion for joining the show. Yeah, Jim. So as you hinted going in, um, mm-hmm. the Sharks QB situation has become a lot more, um, I would say, I would say something to keep an eye on. Uh, you know, I, I don't know about you. Uh, uh, I thought Warren Smith was there the whole season. So credit life, life obviously has its obstacles and he's yeah. trying to pursue something post football. So that makes complete sense. Um, and there's a possibility he comes back at the end of the summer and he no. plays and all that, but middle part of that schedule. Now uh, we're going to be, I mean, Malik Henry has played in of course, other leagues that are similar mm-hmm. to nature but that's something you got to keep an eye on is a QB switch and to see Correct. if that consistently can keep up because Warren Smith, I have no issue with the guy has a great floor, you know, dude has been successful in any indoor league. He's gone to it's some capacity. Correct. Um, Henry adjusting to the NAL's version of the game, quick passing true quarterback in pocket passing, less scramble ability because of how the league is set up and how defenses are in arena that's going to be fun to watch mm-hmm. and see if he can develop and get adjusted on the fly post week two and beyond from what it looks like yeah and you brought up a great point during the interview you said you're basically taking the master and the apprentice role exactly. you're, you're you're the vet you're going to teach malik the game and he's going to take over the reins and for a lot of the shark fans out there that want it's like oh i thought the warren smith's gonna be here like well me and you thought uh, yeah, sometimes me and Zach don't get all the information we want from certain organizations, and that's we're not we're not you know boohooing about it. Um, but with the situation in Jacksonville is, if you looked over the transactions, me and Zach said this off off air uh, a few months ago, one of our old shows. I'm like, it's interesting that they signed Malik Henry, then a couple weeks later signed Warren Smith Jr. You have Malik Henry who has first team reps as a starting quarterback for a team out West mm-hmm. and it's, he is not a rookie coming in. He's a rookie coming into the national Arena league, but he's not a rookie right. as a quarterback of the game and playing for coach Burley, a championship winning coach. I think he's being put in a great situation and learning from Warren Smith is great, but you got to remember Lee Henry also has teaching from Jonathan Bain, who's also now with the Carolina Cobra. So mm-hmm. he's, he's been around, two good quarterbacks who play the arena game to learn the ropes. And because you look at Jackson, you had a vet like Devin Wilson as your wide receiver. He's going to help uh, Malik Henry a lot. I was like, Hey, this is what's going on. This is a lot of teaching. It's strange about like what Warren says. He is going to be the teacher and he's going to take the reins and come back. And if the team does fly him back for certain games, it may benefit the sharks. I look at it this way. The sharks they went to that, two, well, like we said in the power rankings, they have the best quarterback room. That's the reason. That's from day one. Because they have two experienced quarterbacks who played in top-tier arena leagues. The Sharks know what they were doing when Warren Smith joined. 
if you look at Malik Henry and people are worrying about, well, what did he do? Well, he just led the, his team last season to the playoffs and made a mm-hmm. deep run in the postseason last year. He has experience. One thing that I, I see a lot in chatter is a lot of Shark fans are like, who's this guy? What's going on? We get spoiled. Aaron Garcia, Tommy Grady. We get right. spoiled here in Jacksonville. Um, but for Malik Henry, he's going to be a young guy. He is that what like Warren Smith was when he went to GFL. He was that 22-year-old rookie that just wanted to go play, didn't have experience. Now he's the older vet. Malik Henry is that 23, 23-year-old hot shot coming in. Yeah, he's in a Wigan organization in Jacksonville. Now Warren Smith needs to teach him how to be a football quarterback. And that winning mentality that is Jacksonville will eventually wear onto him. They can be a better quarterback. And yes, does a prediction for the Jacksonville Sharks you know, change because of the, the the quarterback switch? Maybe, maybe not. Jacksonville may be a better team with Malik, or Jacksonville may be the same team with Malik. We don't know yet because right. there's so much to be decided, especially in the transactions. But overall, how Warren Smith approached the interview and told us about what's going on, we will have that month and a half in the season, about four or five games during the Jacksonville Sark season, where he will be up in New Jersey finishing his key, teaching role. And when he does come back, I think Jacksonville in June, he said, that's when Jacksonville starts at three out of four game stretch when they play Orlando. So based on what we see right now from Orlando, that may not be too bad when Warren Smith does come back to the Sharks. Um, but that's way too early. That's June. But overall, uh, for you Jacksonville Shark fans and for myself, I wasn't blindsided. I knew something was up when you signed two premier quarterbacks on the same roster. It's like the NFL, you have Peyton Manning and Tom Brady on the same staff. It's not right. going to happen. Right. I mean, Henry, well, as we saw, played with Jonathan Bain you know, out, out west in Texas. So, yeah, I mean, I I guess that kind of answers the question there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like, dang, you know, what are you going to do with this other guy? And now I kind of question, you know, what's I'm going to be, I guess, more keeping an eye on the transactions page is, mm-hmm. you know, who's Jacksonville's third or filling quarterback when yeah. you have Warren go away. I mean, they could always, of course, again, depends on the organization's usage on how they want to do it with Smith. If Smith is flown out, great. You have a second quarterback that can dress that night, but if he's unable to, you got to dress someone on the fly. Yeah, he can, emergency reserve. He can be that emergency guy that goes in when if Malik gets hurt or something. Also, uh, Carter Kagi is a former guy who played here last year. He's yeah, a local guy true. here in Jacksonville. So if he's still in town, he might make it the call. Um, but usually NAL teams get two guys on roster no matter what. Now, if Warren Smith is on that has to go up there for school, which he does, not if, he did tell us, why am I saying if, um, that he goes <laughs> right. up there for that month. I think he'll be pro on the, if he can't play those games, like the inactive list. So it frees up a roster spot where they can bring on another guy. Um, it's Jacksonville. Jackson's going to find a way to get themselves a quality quarterback that has played in the arena league somewhere. Bless you, sir. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> the trials of uh, the trials of recording, but yes, I mean, I, I do say, I do see your point with that. Of course, you know, again, the, that'll be something they can answer down the road. Um, they've got some time, you know, they do have again, two quality quarterbacks and one that can come back in, in a pinch if needed, if they get the right scenario, um, and luckily, again, local talent always helps. Right. You know, something that Arena does thrive on is getting some local guys to come in if you needed someone there or if you want to engage with your local audience. But, you know, yeah, correct. it's all about the local in Arena. 
you know, yeah, as yeah. much as he's trying to spread the game. Yeah. And, and there's also <laughs> there's a, there's also a lot of quarterbacks out there that play in other leagues, the upper leagues like the USFL, for instance, that are third string quarterbacks that are just like on the practice squad that might get the call from Jackson. Hey, we need you for this, this and this. They'll go, you know, play one or two games as a backup, probably starter if situations happen to fall in place where that's happening. Right. Um, but we've seen like last season, we saw a carousel of different quarterbacks come in for different teams last year, especially in Orlando and in Carolina. And of course the carousel that was Jackson Sharks last year, we had three quarterbacks playing the same season. It's not for fans out there. It happens a lot in arena league where a quarterback goes down and it's like, Oh crap, what do we need to do last year? Honestly, I don't think this is like, this is coming from a fan perspective. When Mike faithful went down for the Jackson Sharks last season, uh, the Jacksonville ownership and the coaching staff was like, oh, crap. They were caught, but they they had they were done. Because uh, you see all the quarterback signs they did after that. Like, they were trying to find somebody. They were plug in place, plug in place, plug, plug in place. Then they got to Danny Southwick, then Jonathan Bain uh, at the end of the year. Um, it happens in the national – it happens in the arena leagues. And I won't be surprised it happens somewhere this year. Um, but for Jacksonville, they came out this offseason and they made that point. It's like, you know, we're going to get a quality quarterback and we're going to get a quality backup. Now with this interview with Warren Smith, now we see what they're doing. The question is, who's the third guy that's going to be either in camp that we don't know about yet, that hasn't been reported yet, or my sources haven't told, or exact sources haven't told us who it yet, or is it a guy that gets picked up right after Columbus week, which is week two of the mm-hmm. uh, week two for the Jackson Sharks? They, um, no. Empire game. They play, they play yes. home to Empire week two, play Columbus week one. So we won't know that until week two of the season, which is only five weeks away from thinking of it. Um, but yeah, it's it's right. a ever it's a forever cycle uh in, in football, especially if you follow any of the arena leagues, uh in, indoor leagues or arena leagues, but especially here in the national. Yep. Should be should be a fun I've not I wouldn't say fun, I guess. Something to keep an eye on if you're yeah. just 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 watch out as the year goes on. Um, past it, it won't week be too. I say it won't be too fun if your quarterback gets hurt. Oh, no, that's, like, that's why that's I'm reversing course. course. Trust me, that's why I'm reversing course. If you're a fan, I mean, you're you're hoping that that depth, you know, that of those yeah. two that you've signed is indeed going to live up to its name. So, you know, you're in Jacksonville. Keep an eye. That's all I can tell you. Uh, speaking of transact of just like transactions of things going on, um, yes. we're going to end our night with uh, discussing a few just pieces on the NAL transaction board that yeah. caught our eye. Um, I would say there's three things, two of them, two of the things combined into really one issue with the league that's coming up that mm-hmm. isn't fully, I mean, hasn't been like, like someone said, quote, floodgates material, but it's been something that, okay, I, something I'll watch out for um, on March 30th, the final court case for the arena football league in terms of its chapter seven bankruptcy yeah. came to an end. The bankruptcy is officially over. It took roughly three years or just under three years, but it's over now. Part of that stipulation. And I'll, I'll say it for context here, which is why the indoor football league made an agreement with, or either the indoor football league or the AFL, one of the two, it's, it's kind of mixed on what the whole thing is. Nonetheless, ex-AFL players could not sign with the indoor football league. Yeah. That that was the whole spiel. Whatever side said it, it doesn't matter. Ex-AFL players couldn't sign. That is the bottom line. With the court case gone, 
the IFL or whoever it was that said they couldn't flipped it and said, you can now. Mm-hmm. So what happened is we had a few transactions that affected based on this two that are actually relatively stars in this league. So they kind of made a few headlines in the arena space. Uh, for example, Tevin Homer, he is no longer with the Albany empire. He was suspended by the league. He's now over with his buddy, Les Moss with the IFL's Northern Arizona Wranglers. Mm-hmm. Well, Barnett, he is also not part of the league anymore. He is suspended from the San Antonio gunslingers. Um, my understanding from Jim here is that he went to the Frisco fighters in the IFL yeah. and that's to go with uh, Billy back and company over there. Some, and look, this is, that came up and we, we've had talks with folks in the league about it and it is what it is. It, you know, it's, it's been a kind of a undersaid agreement for a few years now, something that's, I almost call it, consider it taboo to the normal mm-hmm. viewing audience because players kind of knew about it. I've heard rumblings for a while. Jim heard rumblings for a while. And up until recently, I was like, kind of is existing. And then it yeah. was kind of blown open and saying, all right, this does exist, whatever capacity it is. So that happened. Has it been a floodgate? You've had two guys that are stars so far that we can tell leave others that have the suspended tag on them have been for reasons that at least the gym, I believe you can correct me if I'm wrong. were not really based on that. They were no. just, these are guys that were going to be out of the league anyway. Uh, most of those, most of the other players that are already suspended by the national Marine league are already playing for another league. And you, that's the reason why. Or you're David Pindell, who now all of a sudden is suspended after having that fiasco of jump one place, jump yeah. another place, go to the IFL, come back. Yeah, David Pindell's, uh, David Pindell's situation is interesting because we never got a firm firm answer on the situation that he's in. Uh, went from Albany to Mass, then Albany, then San Antonio, then back to Albany. It was unique. And I honestly, with the David Pendell situation, this is where the league itself, in my opinion, needs to t- like literally tell why he got suspended. For. Like, so oh, it's been indefinite. Like, so I have a theory, and it's based off something you and I talked about off camera. Okay. Um, and this is also based on what we're going to discuss with refused reports. Mm-hmm. Um, that specific tag. So. Correct me if I'm wrong. Your understanding is that if it's a, if you're trying to trade a refuse to report player, mm-hmm. the team that has the player has to approach another team for the trade. Correct. From what it. I from what I from what got, you understand. Yeah. yeah. So I'm wondering if that trade did not go the way it did. Like, say, San Antonio approached Albany, mm-hmm. which wouldn't be kosher by league operations according to what we know thus it was put on there someone saw it went that can't work mm-hmm. reversed it and since technically he already kind of bailed on his contract with albany anyway mm-hmm. smack him with the suspension because <laughs> he already kind of went that right that's my hypothesis if we're not going to get a straight answer is how i look at it well we know that players hop around like crazy in arena leagues, right? No matter, it, 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 it's the, the history. Of the it's the, the nature, nature of the beast. beast. But it usually it's done over multiple seasons. This is happening in one off season. 
This man's moved and, to three different teams in the span of like a month and a half. And well, and including being in a draft that he didn't get drafted. Well, yeah, um, and also signed on for USFL contract. So, so honestly, I don't know how the other leagues operate with their transactions, but I'm to a point. I'm coming to this perspective that he is technically suspended from all three leagues, probably, um, including the yeah. NAL. Um, but he's a great talent. He's a good dude. He follows our podcast. Um, I've reached out to him to try to see what's going on. I want to hear from him. Um, but it's just when a player moves around so many times like he did, I think he just had too many contracts with other teams outside of the National Arena League that you see with a lot of players in the NAL right now. If they sign with someone outside the NAL, they get suspended because it's just their role. And I think it's the same way with the IFL. Um, and right. I, it's just or the CIF as well. Um, but it's just a unique situation. Transactions in the offseason with the three leagues, it you got to watch where everything's going, and especially with the list that came out this week with all the with the couple of teams that reported, refused to report. Uh, we've gotten a lot of messages of what this means and a lot of chatter on the message boards of what this means. It, it It's especially for one team, I'm surprised. Me, both me and Zach are being surprised. Yeah, might, might, as well, might as well rip the Band-Aid off of that because if you go on the – Honestly, folks, we recommend you check out the transactions every day because the league does, you know, I know that I know at one point there were some folks that had joked about this, but they do keep it up to date a lot better than they were, I would say, a year and a half ago. So Mm -hmm. you really should check out the transactions page if you want to know what's going on, Um, because Orlando has five players are refused to report. And we're not talking like five you know okay maybe this is secondary we're talking like starters i mean like yeah we're talking like desmond maxwell you know all nal running back last year who's going to be also or, or fullback i should say who's also mm-hmm. going to be linebacker we're talking dylan barnos who we have been praising like crazy on this show for his kicking abilities zach mesday excellent linebacker last year for the jersey flight who now is going to be designated as fullback linebacker and qb ej hilliard who is the projected starter for us at least? Yeah, is listed now. Credit, right? Refuse to report. That doesn't mean they are cut. They are still with these teams and signed on. The thing is, you have to get to practice. Otherwise, your rights here for the league, you can't move teams until, like we said, yeah. in theory, you get approached. You get you get approached. You approach a single team about it. You know, mm-hmm. so. Orlando has some things to talk about. Now, my understanding of this situation is this isn't like just one info dump. This is like over time, how this is, yeah. how it's accumulated. So not, not frankly, and credit something to keep in mind with the fact that Orlando situation, you had Ben Bennett start the new league year as your head coach. Jeff Higgins was in his system, but a lot of these guys signed with Bennett back in the winter. Now, I don't, I mean, credit arena, you know, you do want to come to us to a guy. If you're wanting a contract, I get that. Jeff Higgins might not been that guy. And these might be guys that might not exactly want to report. Cause this wasn't, isn't what they signed up for could be wrong, mm-hmm. but that's a way of looking at it. Correct. 
especially like I said, it's more just shocks me when you have, like I said, your projected starting quarterback, your all NAL running back on the sidelines too. And sure, Orlando can pivot. They have options. I just want to see the options that are listed on this transaction page play in Orlando mm-hmm. because it gives them better opportunity to be competitive in my eyes. Yeah, over this past week, the Orlando Predators, especially their transaction wire, they lost basically how the roster is going to be set up. They lost a fourth of their starters. Like you, you have players that have quality starting minutes who played a lot of indoor football or arena football in their history. You have a former MVP of EJ Hillier that's not showing up. And a lot of people want to know what does it mean about the Never Freeze report? They're still under contract by that team. So if they want to sign with another team outside of the NAL, then they'll get slapped with the NAL uh, suspension because you're technically still under contract. So if you do come back to the NAL next season after the suspension, the team that has you the first time, Orlando in this case, or Jacksonville or whoever, still owns your rights. Mm-hmm. Um, so these players are not cut. They're, they haven't been cut yet. They still will, they're still, their rights are still with the team. But for the Orlando Predator fans that kind of bash us on social media saying, why are we all, why are we always low on the rankings? You don't give us credit, uh, prove us wrong type of situation. You finally got the reason why. Well, I mean, that, that, that doesn't help. I, I, no, it I doesn't. that's, that's the main thing I'm taking away. You're like, I, I stress the league is looking like it is going to be very competitive Correct. at the top. So that race for the fourth seed is what I find intriguing. Now, credit things can change and, oh, yeah. Iron Man, and you have to be a good Iron Man coach. Like strategy is going to change too. We're going to see coaches tested, Yeah, but nonetheless on paper, I'm kind of Orlando does take a bit of a step back. If these guys don't report. Correct. And and, at least overall roster, you know, there's still good talent, you know, obviously Larry Beavers and Lonnie outlaw and company. Those are good receivers. We said Paris Mac as well. You know, it's a great setup. I mean, yeah, Juan Alfred's on there, which, you know, that alone, that's a replacement for Desmond Maxwell Maxwell. need to run that way. So there's talent, but like, for example, quarterback, you know, Cato, I imagine they have a plan for him, of course. But, but well, here it has the track record. That's why yeah, I'm also sitting here saying that, you know. The, 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 we, we've seen teams, Jacksonville, for instance, rookie quarterbacks come in and they're shell-shocked because they are not used to the indoor game. Rakeem Cato, or Rakeem Cato, a former Marshall quarterback, he's going to be introduced to the arena game pretty quickly. But he, at least he has very experienced players around him that play the indoor football with Beavers and Alani Outlaw. He's going to have the comedian of all the National Arena League, Alani Outlaw, um, on his team. So at, that's going to calm him down. And if you don't understand about the comedian, ladies and gentlemen, watch Inside the Lions Columbus series on YouTube. You get the reason why. Uh, he's a great character and future guest on the show. Uh, it's going to be for Orlando, in my opinion, they're going to have to find people quickly to replace them. They lost a good chunk of talent. Maxwell, for instance, you made an NAL team. Um, but the big key is quarterback. And the National Arena League and any arena league, especially back in the AFL days, 
you ride and die with your quarterback. If you don't have a good quarterback in the arena league, you're not going to win a lot of games. I don't care who you are. You can be the Orlando Predators. You can be the Florida Tarpons back in the old AF2 days. Uh, you're not going to win a lot of games. And for Orlando, like me and you, Zach, we both debated that Orlando Jacksonville were battling for that four or five seed area in our last power rankings. Um, there's a little separation between the two right now. Um, it's not going to be, it may not be a one game separation. It might be, it's pushing almost two, probably three game separation right now between the two teams. I don't want that in the NL. I don't want to have four top teams that have eight plus wins and the bottom two teams are struggling to get the four. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you, we have that, it, it's, it's not going to be interesting. It's not going to be interesting come week 12, week 10, where we're like, oh, we already know who our four playoff teams are because it's already in the books. That's not good football. We don't want that. Um, it's just that it was kind of surprising when we look at the transaction wire and we saw that from Orlando. We have a couple things like we have other pl- players that were refused to report. Like San Antonio had a couple. Not San Antonio, excuse me. Um, the Sharks had a couple that were refused to report. But from what I've killed with, from the Sharks, um, they've they knew about them months in advance. So sure. it was just it was. They were very well prepared, and they they signed additional players uh, over the last couple of days that they haven't officially posted on the website yet. But from our sources, they have, uh, of course, got a kicker, and they got a uh, linebacker that usually uh, played out in Wyoming uh, this season. So there's poor Jackson's going to find players, and the same as Orlando, they're going to find players. You're in Orlando. You're in the state of Florida. Football is king in the state of Florida. They're going to find players in in Orlando. Um, But for Cato, he's the number one guy. So from what we can tell right now, from what we can and, tell, yeah, I want to, yeah. I want to add a little uh, extra to this. Cause I imagine someone on here is like, wait a minute. Wasn't, wasn't Cato with the rough, with the Richmond rough riders at one point mm-hmm. in 2018. And sure, sure. He was um, thing is keep in mind, he was only with them for one game. Um, so you got to add that context. He was originally signed to the predators in 2020, but well, season kind of, you know, didn't exist. So he is an NAL rookie and yeah. he is a very lightly experienced indoor arena rookie or yeah. indoor arena player. Yeah. So that is, that is also why we add the concern. Just want to add some context to that for those yeah. that are like, well, wait a minute. I'm like, well, that's why just, well, and of mind. course, and of course you're going to get the fans like, Oh, sometimes there's some rookies that come in. They, you know, they hit it off the first game you know eight touchdowns that's extreme but you know five touchdowns 300 some odd yards and they look good yeah you're going to have some rookie quarterbacks that do that but most of the time you're not going to get a quarterback like that in their first game in their real league or a second game same way i look at when we switch focus to san antonio we have with uh david Rivera. Mm-hmm. yes he's had the experience in other leagues He's won games with the gunslingers. You're up. You're upgrading now. Um, this is my uh, weekly quote to say that to say to gunslingers fans, I will gladly eat crow if I am wrong mm-hmm. once again. I'll keep doing it. I will because I really hope that like some of these. Like I said, we've talked on length. We, yeah. These guys we haven't seen at the NAL level, so I hope that it goes. But again. We say this because this is what we know. So I will gladly again eat crow right. if I am wrong come week one. So just being honest with you. And honestly, let's to stir the pot up a little bit. I'm if if we would have predicted games this week, 
before week one from last week's information from the National Marine League, I would have came on this podcast and said Orlando's going to go into San Antonio and mollywop the gunslingers because Orlando had the roster to go into San Antonio and mop, and mop the floor. Things now, <laughs> now, home field advantage. San Antonio, in my opinion, is a better team right now based on, on the roster. That tells you how big of a difference five guys Dang. do to a team. Um, because reason, here's my reason, San Antonio. Don't get too excited. Oh, Jim, predict us to win. Playoff bound. Uh-uh. What? Not that far. <laughs> you, uh, you're more, you have more guys that are in your system that knows the system more better. Orlando just lost a good core of their guys who know the system. That will either hurt them week one or benefit San Antonio. Orlando has to fly to San Antonio or drive. It's a hell of a drive, but I think they're flying yeah. San Antonio. You can get a direct flight from Orlando to San Antonio. Um, it's not like Jacksonville where you got to go to three different cities. <laughs> but <laughs> you got to go to San Antonio and just road games, home field advantage for week one. If it started right now, based on the information we have now, I have San Antonio. But we still have three weeks left until the kickoff. We still have two more shows after this. And when we do our season episode, our prediction, you'll get my final thing. But right now, if the games are started right now, I have San Antonio winning. Hey, just last week, I had Orlando off in the floor on you guys. But, um, but yeah, it's just it's unique how the Arena League, like we stated multiple times on this show and past podcasts, the Arena game is such in flux every single week. It's not like the National Arena League. It's not like the National Football League. Excuse me. It's not like the NFL. It's not like Major League Baseball. It's not like the NBA, where you never see transactions this often during the season. It will change. Next week's Orlando roster could be completely different. Crap. Take that back. Today's roster might be different when this show was recorded type of roster. That's how fast the Arena League can change. That is not Uh, out of the realm of possibility. It's just, it's, we're three weeks away and now we're to a point where it's like, oh, we're, are we speculating about games now? No, we can actually look at the roster, look at the teams who report and actually predict the games. That's where we're at now for this podcast, for the game, for the season, because we're in training camp. Um, yeah, it's just unique. Like Carolina reported to camp today on Thursday, um, Wednesday, excuse me. Jackson then reported. We had Warren Smith. They, he's during right now. Mm-hmm. More news is coming out. So this projections, whatever, can change tomorrow. And that's the love and joy of this uh, league. And this love and joy of what we, why we cover it is because you guys trust us with what the International Arena League is going to do. And I just want to say thank you for your opinions. Thank you for the people who are following us. Um, thank you for the people who have reached out to us. Thank you to the Smoking Guns podcast. You guys have reached out to us multiple times over the last two weeks. Appreciate the love. I know we haven't showed a lot of love to you guys yet, but thank you for the love anyways. And to our listeners and to our fans, thank you for downloading, listening to us, and thank you for asking why we're not on, why we're not making episodes every week. Now we are. And uh, appreciate are. it. Uh, remember Discord too as well. Um, one last thing I want to let out to people. Next week we have a good, great guest. The week following that, we have a huge guest joining the show. Not going to leak out who it is yet, but the next two guests are coming up. We gave a hint on who the other guests might be uh, for the show, but 
The other one we're going to keep quiet because it's a huge guest. Uh, you guys would be stocked. The man loves arena football. This man loves indoor football or indoor Ironman. Excuse me. Uh, he doesn't. He doesn't <laughs> like indoor. Uh, he, he, lo- he loves the Ironman rule, uh, Ironman game, and it's something I, I means I can't wait to get him. And actually, announce to the, you, to our listeners, who it is. Um, but yeah, I just want to say thank you again for listening to the show. And not a lot of news besides transactions, but we are three weeks away. And when we're on next time, we're only two weeks away. And also, Springstock, live podcast, maybe just a 30 to 45-minute show. On the 16th, me and Zach will be actually side-by-side with go. each other. Um, we'll basically be just, you know, sh- actually having fun. Basically, we want you, the fans, to give us questions about the league, the National Arena League. Not really an episode. We'll answer stuff, talk about maybe transactions or anything that happened. We'll have another episode later that week. Well, we'll drop on Thursday, but we'll be live on uh, in Birmingham, Alabama for the USFL kickoff at Springstock. Uh, we're projected to be on, I want to say, 4 o'clock Eastern, I think is our time slot from what uh, Stefan has been giving us. It probably could change. If not, follow us on Twitter, follow us on Facebook, follow Zach on Twitter, or follow the USFL podcast on Twitter as well with the updated schedule. Uh, you'll get me and Zach, you know, talk about National Arena League, a bunch of front of people who probably don't watch arena football, but it's a great time to recruit to get people back to the game of arena. And of course, I'm excited. Can't wait. And can't wait to get the season going. It's three weeks away, man. Training camp's here. I'm not playing. Well, my, I don't think my knees can uh, uh, handle uh, getting hit. And I think if I hit the wall of an arena, um, I'll be paralyzed. So, yeah, I'm not ready to play. But I, I will cover the league, but I'm not going to play. Oh, about paralyzed, <laughs> but dang. All right. Well, that's what it is. What Have it you is. seen the kickers hit this game? Man, yeah. I mean, no. Yeah. I've seen <laughs> no. highlights of Craig Peterson alone get it. That's like, I, I'll be like, I could take on the kicker. Highlight on YouTube. Oh, I cannot yeah, take no, on the kicker. No, thanks. <laughs> I'd rather cover the league. And my safety of my own. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for, for my for my co-host Jim Murniam, Zach Kyleman saying so long. Thanks for tuning in as always. And remember one thing as before you go. Buy your tickets and don't be a jack out of the box. <sighs> Stay tuned, everybody. <laughs>